What's up, ladies and gents? BC here with another uh, interview for you for the Supreme Being podcast with a special guest here, which we'll introduce in a second. I appreciate all the support, ongoing support on the audio platforms, the video platforms. Make sure you guys give us reviews, thumbs up, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, we'll roll right into the episode. Dan, my friend, what's up, bro? How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. Let's get a short introduction from you and then we'll roll right into the podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, my name is Dan Gandy. Uh, I am a, a team leader with Real Broker. I have a team of about uh, 18 agents here in the Oregon market. Uh, we work anywhere from Portland down to about Roseburg and then out to the coast um, and all the way to uh, eastern Oregon, almost to the Idaho border. Um, but yeah, we run a team. I'm also a real estate investor. Uh, I have a pretty substantial portfolio of different types of properties. Um, and I also just consider myself a real estate marketing whiz, worked in the tech industry, uh, on the marketing side. So yeah, that's, 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 that's my, that's my lowdown other than I have a family and two beautiful boys and enjoy to enjoy the Oregon weather and, and traveling and, and barbecuing. <laughs> I love it, bro. So what's the story with the guitars in the background? Are you an ex or current musician? I am. I would consider myself a, a current musician. I also have a full Gretsch, uh, Brooklyn series drum set here and then Sweet. uh yeah just also been playing guitar for about 25 years so I love it bro if you got a drum set I'm trying to learn so I got to get out there so we can so we <laughs> yeah. play a little bit be the next Travis Barker <laughs> I, got, I got the tattoos to match it uh yeah man so we got a lot to unpack bro um uh, so real estate how long have you been in real estate uh total from beginning yeah. to, to now uh, I always try to tell everybody my whole life because when I was a little kid uh my grandfather used to just like I remember in the earliest days, like even like five, six, seven years old, like my grandfather, my parents would like want to do things on the weekend. So they dropped me off at my grandfather's house and literally I get in his car and like we would go clean up his, I call slumlord rentals. Um, <laughs> you know, he would, tenants would, you know, just leave the places in complete disaster and you just hand me a garbage bag and be like, clean this stuff up. But uh <laughs> Uh, as a real estate broker in Oregon, I've actually uh, been licensed about three or four years. But before that, uh, been a real estate investor for over a decade. And then before that, uh, I actually was the director of marketing and operations for uh, a guy a guy named Brett Jennings in the Silicon Valley, which is really well known. Um, so, yeah. And then in the tech industry on the, the real estate IDX, you know, website marketing side for about five years. I just went full time real estate this last year. So, uh, yeah, but kind of in and out of different different types of uh, yeah uh, parts of the industry. So it's been yes. good. Seems like you have your toes dipped in a lot of stuff. What prompted you to kind of go full time as of this year into real estate? Uh, I think what when when COVID happened, uh, you know, shout out to Liftoff Agent. I was working with Norm and Smith over there, great guys. Um, but they own the company. I don't, um, and so I was looking to just keep on my entrepreneur path. Um, I still. Mm -hmm test and, and consult with them. Um, but the overall underlining picture is me and my business partner on the investment side started this real estate team to really concentrate on investments and helping, you know, we help everybody, but downsizing probate investments. Um, it just took off. Like yeah. I, I shot a lot of content, did a lot of speaking engagements and, uh, the investors kind of, you know, magnetized in and yeah. with that, just, I got too busy to like work a full-time job. You know, that's, that's really what happened. It was, it was crazy. So love that. It's like a yeah. success story, right? And people, yeah. people love hearing it. Um, so in regards to the team, 
what's the the bulk of it is it like 80 90 percent you work with investors and you do a little bit of traditional or is it like 100 percent focus on investments it's about eight i would say 75 to 80 percent investors for myself everybody else on the team yeah. is kind of you know we try to bring in the bring in the agent get them working with buyers and sellers and everybody but cool. then start to move that marketing needle towards their 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 positioning strategy and what they really want to be an expert in so uh, we call ourselves a special ops of real estate because it's kind of like a Navy SEALs team, right? Somebody, everybody has like, you know, their yeah. little bucket of what they work in. So yeah, it's been good. I love that, man. So you grew up around investments with the, the, the slumlord uh, reference <laughs> that you made, right? You've been, uh, so right now, if you're willing to share, like how much do you own in regards to your portfolio and that kind of stuff? And is it spread across the nation? Is it all in Oregon? What does it look like? Yeah, that, that journey actually began in Ohio where I grew up. Um, and, you know, it was a very popular market. And we actually pulled back the needle about three to four years ago. Um, we own about, uh, right now we own about four or four and a half million in holdings um, uh, across many different unit counts because we have mobile home parks, we have commercial buildings, have a portfolio of duplexes that we're burning right now. Um, we're typically buying in like the, the 750 to $2 million range. And we're typically trying to buy a, a few properties at a time in each acquisition. Uh, from tired landlords, from people that are trying to exit, you know, yeah. they kind of neglected things. But uh, yeah, our main focus is repositioning of assets. I had some consulting experience with syndication and multifamily um, and kind of learned from somebody that was really well off and, you know, friends with Grant Cardone and a few others. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I took that experience and I just became obsessed with spreadsheets, uh, looking at numbers and then being able to like take a magic wand and say, what do we need to do to make this actually successful? And that's really what I enjoy about investments um, and also telling my clients how to do that um, versus just being a passive investor, just buying things and just throwing them in the portfolio and then not ever doing anything to increase value or force appreciation. So, right. I love that, man. And a, a question that I get frequently that I think this would be a great time to ask is a lot of people are looking to now kind of get started in regards to the investment side, right? Uh, what would be your recommendation to them kind of starting out uh, wherever they're at in the country, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the first part of it is education, you know, following your podcast, following the, the influencers, following the, the right people who are writing the right books, but also learning the numbers. There's a lot of people out there that know what to look for and they, they read a lot of books, but they don't know how to. I don't think you have to be an expert in Excel, but you need to know how the numbers equate to right now and actuals and versus yeah. pro forma and where you're trying to get an investment. Right. That's the whole the journey yeah. of building a portfolio. So uh, education numbers and calculations and underwriting and then being able to understand how those factors uh really affect on what levers to pull and then financing i think a lot of investors don't talk about that but raising capital or understanding types of loans that are going to facilitate scalability in the investment sector that's when i first started investing i knew nothing about loans like i literally spent like a year <laughs> interviewing and like yeah. calling lenders and be like, explain DC DSCR loans to me, explain Nina loans, like explain yeah. every, uh, you know, one to four conventional loans to me. And what are the different things that underwriters are looking for? And, and, and how do we, how do we effectively find funding because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac only let you go to like 10 loans. Like, yeah. so, uh, I think understanding financing and we always say financing is like, the the clothes that real estate wears. If you don't mm -hmm. understand the financing, like how do you actually, yeah keep building that portfolio. So we, 
we've really honed in on expert being experts in owner financing. And when I say experts in owner financing, I don't have a single bank loan in my entire portfolio. Wow. So that's been super critical for lower down payment threshold, uh, being able to build velocity and then being able to either refinance those properties out to other investors, substitution collateral, all the, the more complicated stuff that comes with, um, building relationships with private investors, note holders, yeah. those things. So I love that, man. Now, if you were to come across a client and you kind of want to massage them or kind of open this door to them, how do you go about doing that? Because that's another question I get from realtors is how do I turn like a current client who maybe owns homes or is going to buy home into a potential investor? Like how does that conversation and process go about for you? Yeah, I typically try to have the, the conversation of like, okay, first start with your own primary residence and how you can grow wealth through that. Um, and I hate being cliche here, but a lot of people just don't understand on what they should be doing to their own home while they own it in order to preserve value or increase value. Right. Yeah. And I think those are the two lanes. But once I see somebody trying to move up um, or I see somebody who's having success in their professional business, right? Like, hey, you know, you started this business. You guys are booming. Like, what are you doing with your extra capital? Are you diversifying? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be your financial advisor here. But what I am trying to tell you is that if real estate is, was, isn't one of those pillars, mm -hmm. you should really consider it. And these are the things I look for in terms of buying your first duplex or, 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 you know, looking at a syndication fund, whatever route you want to take. I think, um, looking at your disposable income and then looking at your financeability are really critical. Cause a lot of the doctors, lawyers, uh, entrepreneurs that we work that are clients of ours. I always try to say to them, if you could set a goal of acquiring a property every single year for 15 years straight, that's what you should do. And is, if it's just one, that's awesome. Obviously, it's got a pencil, but you should always set a goal to acquire at least one property a year. And I've done that for myself, just like every single year, one, two, three properties and yeah. holding them, not just fix and flipping. So it's that journey. It's really it's really drawing that blueprint of the journey. Yeah, I love that, man. Now, for you personally, do you start kind of low key, start with like SFRs, one unit, two unit, then work your way up? Or did you immediately go into the deep end and do multi units and all that stuff? <laughs> uh, good question. So with my business partner, he began his entire career house hacking at first. And then it oh, was nice. fixing and flipping. Uh, he, would, he would move into a house, house hack it while flipping another house. And he did that like 15 to 17 to 18 to 20 times over about five to six years with his ex-wife. Nice. And then uh, once they once they had split, he was looking for another business partner that wasn't his wife. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where we collided. Right. And cool. I came from the perspective of two doors or more or none. It has to you have to be either buying an SFR with an ADU to start mm -hmm. or it's a duplex or larger. Yeah. We don't want to do development deals right now. We don't want to do, yeah. um, you know, just. You know, the short term rental market is great, especially in the markets that are going to have high occupancy. But mm -hmm. I was like, my lane is how do we find tired assets with tired land landlords who mm -hmm. don't understand the value of what they need to put into it? So they're willing to sell at somewhat of a discount or put mm -hmm. a note on terms yeah. so that we can start buying. So we started acquiring uh, single family plus ADUs or single family building ADUs or two single families on one lot that basically served as a duplex. Um, go in, remodel the properties, raise mm -hmm. the rents, uh, have a P&L now that's provable so that it will appraise yeah. and then turn it around and, and probably sell it in two to three years or burr it. 
And we just right. rinse and repeated that to, to start. I always try to tell everybody, like, you don't need to get in this business with 50 to 100,000. Me and my business partner, our first investment together, uh, I had a check for five grand and he had a check for five grand and we handed it to a seller. And we, we our down payment was 10,000 on a $200,000 property. <laughs> it's, I love it, bro. It doesn't happen all the time, but yeah. I just try to tell everybody, like, those are the conversations we had no told to us like 35 times before somebody said, yeah, I'll take your 10 grand, but it needs to be 6% interest. And we're like, cool. And we still pay that note every day or every yeah. month that, that note gets paid. Yeah. And uh, we've shifted that note around. Yeah. So he, he basically financed our, our first journey. And this is like six, seven, eight years ago together. So. Wow. I love that, man. That's super interesting. So in regards to like the, the beginning portion, because this is a frequent question I get too. you brought up raising capital, finding money, the newbie, how do they do that? How do they go about starting that journey? Friends and family, like you, you don't have a private money placement. You don't own a syndication fund that knows, you know, uh, government regulations regarding raising, raising capital. So I always try to tell everybody like it's who, you know, and what relationships that you can build. And if, Proof of concept is there, right? They can, every property you invest in, every Burr project, every flip project, you should have photos, you should have videos in a Google Drive, you should have a spreadsheet of where you bought it at and where you exited it at. And those little case studies, you, you start to build this binder. Me and my business partner have this binder of every project we've ever done. Yeah. And then now it's interesting, like the, the people who are owner financing us millions of dollars in properties. Used, we used to get the question like, where's your credit references? Like, what's your credit score, right? They're probably trying to play bank with us. But now they come back to us. They're like, your payments are always on time. The property looks better than when we owned it. And at the end of the day, we have more money to deploy. What, what next project are you guys working on? So we've actually taken a kind of a different approach, which was proof of concept, case study, magnetize, current investors and friends of those investors to us. And that's what really what we're working on right now is a marketing plan to send out letters to people who we've done de deals with and ask the question, right? Do you have any friends or family or other people that are in your circle or group or networking that potentially would want to be doing something along these lines that you've had success with um, versus just holding events, raising capital, making phone calls, buying a credit investor list. Like those things are all great. But that's not our model. Our model is to yeah. slowly build that out. And the, what you get is a more dedicated investor that isn't just purely in numbers. I mean, they're more invested in seeing the journey happen. And it's kind of like a little pet project for them. So they're like, oh, here's yeah. 500,000 or a million, right? What can you do with it? Numbers always matter. But what I really want to say is like, we build a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. We see the risks that are involved. We see the things that do come up. Hey, we may need to hold this for another two years. Interest rates are 7%. Is that okay mm -hmm. with you? Yeah, no problem. Where do you think we'll be at at the end of this? Right. Yeah. So a lot of that is just building the relationship, having the honesty and, and credibility there, uh, which is really hard for people when they're first starting out because they have no track record mm -hmm. and they have no documentation to show any yeah. <laughs> type mm -hmm. of before and after. So, yeah. I love that, man. Now, have you like uh, for what you've done outside of like your personal team, have you created like a platform or a course or a coaching program or something to kind of teach these things to people who are really interested outside of maybe the people that you work with? We haven't. We haven't. And 
I, what you'll hear in other podcasts and I always try to say is that when I first got in this business, I worked for a syndicator that was heavy on the education point. And it was almost like more of the business was based around actually not syndicating and doing deals, but selling the dream hmm. or the coaching. And I got this really bad taste in my mouth, right? No, right. I always try to shout out to like Pace Morby and all these people that have these great yeah. big communities. It's awesome. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. I always use the quote, uh, does Warren Buffett sell coaching? Yeah, right. He's busy. <laughs> He's yeah. too busy, right? Like, yeah. that's, it is what it is. It's just a different lane. But I love it, bro. We, we, we subscribe to some of it. We have, we have a mentor or other coaches, but I would call them mentors, right? They're, yeah. they're not coaches. Yeah. And I get that, right. You just don't want to turn into the coach who now doesn't, you know, invest anymore and does that. And hundred percent, like you said, sells the dream, which I, I totally understand because in my time with social media and you mentioned like traveling and speaking and all that, I met a lot of people who solely do that. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you sleep at night? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. And, and, and I, I, that's one aspect I would agree with you that I don't like about social media and kind of all these platforms is, you know, people get sucked into that or, they have a little bit of success and they do the coaching and become a figure. And then it hundred percent turns into that. And you're like, dude, what the hell? Right? No, it's yeah. It's that it, I always try to tell everybody like coming from the, the real estate space, not the real estate investing space. When, when I was in the real estate space, my old boss paid for high level coaches. It got him to where he you know, is where he's going. Getting in those rooms with those people is very, is very important to the trajectory of what you're doing because it's knowledge and it's, it's experience and they can share their systems. And so there's no knock on it, but do you want to be an educator in this business yeah. or do you want to be a, a, a facilitator in this business? And I think yeah. that's, that's more interesting to me, even though my yeah. job as a team leader is teaching people what to do. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> it's just a different I love that, man. So what does the next like five years look for you? Are you looking just to keep growing and expanding your team, acquiring more property? I mean, what, what's kind of the bigger vision? So two, three prongs, uh, one of which is we want to grow our team to about 50 agents throughout the whole entire state of Oregon um, and, and building those squads similar to Kenny Fast over in, in the Bay Area and, and some of these bigger team structures where they've created satellite offices and, and they've created in this platform of you see an EXP and real now and and a few others, but yeah. um, that's our, our main goal. Get it to about 50 agents, get it to where it, it, it's building passive income. I can still educate and teach my agents on how to, how to work with investors and other buyers and sellers in the market. Um, and so that's the team, that's the team approach. Uh, the, the investment approach is actually kind of twofold. We've been getting into more in development. Uh, mm -hmm. We've been getting into more of the construction end of things. Um, and me and my business partner have a, a plan over the next 12 months. We're going to try to acquire a plumbing business, a general nice. contracting business. And so that we can start being more vertically integrated to our own projects. Um, yeah. Because I came from the construction business in the Silicon Valley, built, you know, designed and built homes with and, and, and went through that whole entire process. And I'm like, there's one part of our entire business that's missing, which is how do we create vertical integration? We're not paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to other contractors or service providers. And so on my real estate team, I have a property inspector. I have a GC. Um, we have in-house photography, drone pilot. We're trying to in-house everything. And, and, yeah. and part of that is construction. 
And then also multimedia. Uh, I don't know if you know Mel Brooks Landry down in the Bay Area. He's kind of has his own Envision Media. We're trying to do the similar, similar pro- platform up here and working with contractors, home service providers, and real estate agents and building out a media company. So those are our two journeys where we want our real estate team to help mm-hmm. fund those, those ventures. Yeah. And I love that, man, because, uh, you know, having everything in house is obviously the, the, the goal, right. And, and, and the dream, the bigger picture for people, how did you go about starting that process to slowly start putting all these pieces in house? And like you said, vertically integrate, right. Where did you start? Relationships, uh, finding the right people that wanted to do things and seeing their skill and then being like, Hey, I will help you get there. I will mentor you. I will uh, provide you and, and give you a spot in this opportunity. If you give me loyalty and, and you give me that you are honestly dedicated to this trade and you want skin in this game or percentage equity in the company. I, yeah. That time in the Silicon Valley, what I learned is that businesses grow fast, either borrowing money, mm-hmm. getting investors to invest in the company mm-hmm. or getting employees to invest in that company. And that that third me- that third method to the madness is, I think, the most crucial. So we just went around and, and built relationships with the right people. Mm-hmm. We we're very selective in our recruitment of people. And also I put a lot of money and time into being like, hey, I'll pay for your drone certification. I'll pay for your photography every time. I'll pay for you to take these courses because I want you to work with me, mm-hmm. not for me. Yeah. So love that. Yeah. Spoken like a true leader. I love it. Yeah, that's been that's been beneficial to all of this. And, you know, I'm 30, I'll be 39 this year. So my goal is by 45, we have like that five to six, seven buckets of income that are yep. really coming. So love it, man. Well, hey, Dan, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, very impactful, right? Um, I, I really enjoyed this interview. I'll, I'll more than likely have Annabelle reach out and get you on for a second one so we can deep dive in, into some of these things a little bit more. Uh, yeah. If somebody wants to reach out to you, check you out, reach out to you over there locally in Oregon, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Instagram, you can shoot me a DM, Oregon Real Estate Expert. Pretty simple to remember, Oregon Real Estate Expert. Uh, we have a website, www.theoperativegroup.com, or shoot me a text. You know, I'm happy to collaborate with other people who have a podcast. Um, I'm all about giving and, and I, I, I don't, I don't like to, uh, uh, play the game of, you know, I'm too good for you. Are you too good for me? That <laughs> I, I, I like, if you're starting your very first podcast and you want your very first guest, I'm more yeah. than happy to jump on and, and collaborate and help in any way. So, uh, shoot me a text four, five, eight, two, zero, nine, zero, one, six, three. So cool. Love it, bro. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Brian.